0: I know I said I was gonna record a podcast on, on Friday, but uh I went for points instead. And then the lethargy of going for points on Saturday meant I did nothing. And then I was gonna do it yesterday as I went I had to run errands in the city centre. So you know what? I'll go in and I'll find I'll find a nice place to perch up with a with a warm coffee and watch watch cars go by as I talk absolute drivel. Um but it was just... It was too, it was too cold. Um, it was too cold. It was a miserable day yesterday. It was one of those... It was too cold. There was a strong breeze which just cut through you. And it's that damp cold where it just like... Ugh, and it was overcast. And it, it, it wasn't raining, but it was a mist in the air. And it was... It was just a shitty day. It's just that that shitty time of year. Um, although today is is quite spectacular. Although I'm currently filming this. filming, Recording this inside. Um, because come home from work and i've i jogged and I showered and now i'm lying on my bed yeah struggling to stay awake and yeah, because it's monday and i'm tired but here i am uh recording a podcast for no one other than myself um and maybe the three other people who listen to this um uh the reason i was going to record the podcast on friday was um because it's nearly geez, i think it's probably three weeks or two weeks or so a while since I recorded, but I was going to do one on, on Friday due to the pre-season testing for Formula 1 being complete. And we would have somewhat of a picture as to what's going on in the world of Formula 1. Um, but I understand there are people who don't give a flying toss about Formula 1, so I'm going to leave the Formula 1 chat to the very, 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 very end. So if you don't want to listen to it, you can just stop um, before I start talking about Formula 1. So we'll talk about that at the end um it is race week um but anyway i won't won't say any more about f1 until the very end um what else um yeah pretty quiet week generally as usual for me with the motor car Um, still don't own anything which is bad actually friends i was out with on friday are car people too and they were giving me shit for not having a car because i'm coming up on two years since i last owned a car april march april in around that time 2022 was when i sold my ford focus um and a couple of months previous i got rid of my e39 5 series that i had because i kind of thought like i don't need a car quite now but i'll get something in a while when something pops up and the market's gone mad and blah blah you've heard me ramble on about this for ages but um yeah they were giving me shit um because we can't go any on any car adventures because i don't have one um, nothing that's worth going on an adventure with, um, but I, I really do need to rectify that soon. Um, I just haven't found anything. Um, it's hard to justify buying something for the sake of it um, when I don't need it, um, when it's just a toy. Anyway, I've rambled on about that, that topic a long time ago. Soon, soon I will return, and I'll be like, "Hey, I've bought something." But uh, yeah, quieter than that. Uh, anything of interest? I saw well, today. I saw I was driving along the Keys um just before Houston station there. And to my surprise it was a car transporter parked up and um, with a plethora of old, interesting stuff on it. And um, up on the top rack was a canary yellow Alpha Junior, I assume. Thirteen hundred Junior GT. Twin twin headlight small coupe thing. I'm sorry, I'm bad with old stuff. Um uh, uh, I put them all up on my Instagram so you'll see them. Um and behind that on the top rack was an immaculate uh, f- uh, first gen uh, Opel Astra GTE which had a bunch of uh, like rally um participation number stickers on its back window. Um so but very tidy but it looks like it's 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 been um enjoyed by whoever did on it. And God knows where all this stuff is going. Um hopefully somewhere. Um I, I assume sort of some sort of classic car dealer or something has either brought them in. because 'cause they're all um they're all well the ones that had red reg plates. Were UK registered. Um, so hopefully they're all going to someone who's going to give them some TLC and you know give them a home that they deserve. Anyway, what else was on the transporter? Bottom rack. Um, was there anything else on the top rack? I'm jumping out of me. Bottom rack had an Audi 80 Cabrio. Um, couldn't see what engine was in it, but we'll just assume it's 2.8 and we'll assume it's a Quattro. Um, were they all Quattro? I don't know. Um, in front of that was an E34. With that in front of the N thirty four and a five three five I, and which was nice to see, and um, had a pretty substantial bit of f- front end damage on the on the uh, pa- on the driver's side um, front, and um, but hopefully it'll be repaired. It's not unrepairable, and um, but a fairly decent smack. Um, then there was an MGB which I don't give a shit about, um, and then the back on the bottom row was a Saab nine thousand uh, turbo. Sorry, Startup 900 Turbo. Um, in a lovely kind of a teal, we shall say. Um, I don't think there's anything else on it. Anyway, look, they're all up on my Instagram. Um, Those are interesting to see. Another couple of things I saw today as well. Two Ferraris. Uh, I saw a Roma uh, on Marion Square. Not Marion Square, sorry, Fitzwilliam Square. Um, Irish registered. 222 LH222. don't usually like giving it red plates, but when it's a, almost a portmanteau. It's nice to see. Um, almost, not quite. Um, although I did see there is a, a Range Rover I think it's a Range Rover knocking around that has 11WW sorry 11WW11 so it is a portmanteau yeah. sorry that's not very interesting at all um, and then I saw another Ferrari which drove past me on Leeson Street um, a, a 599 in, in what I think was Tour de France blue um on colour blind so don't quote me um, but a 599 on Irish plates as well which is lovely to see um, I do love a five nine nine. I think it's a spectacular looking car. Um, I also criticised, and you would think from looking at them in pictures, um, and criticised at the time when it was launched for being a, a car that's too wide. Now it's a wide car for sure, but it wasn't ridiculous. Um, uh, when it, when it drove past me, um, admittedly a, a fleeting, fleeting pass by, um, but it didn't appear to be too big for Irish roads, considering every car is gigantic now, um. Then over the last since I've last recorded podcast, a uh, couple things I've seen. Uh, I saw another one ninety E Cosworth. Um, I posted one of them. I have a post, actual post on my Instagram page. Car underscore no which you already know. I've C A R underscore N O S A U R. of, C-A-U-R car underscore nosauri um, always I kind of like changing it to Carnosaur as in like connoisseur, but with car at the end. But I personally find connoisseur one of those impossible uh, words to spell correctly. And um, so I thought people just really wouldn't be able to find it or understand it. um but don't steal that um I assume someone has already taken that it's too obvious of a of a username um yeah like but I saw another 190E Cosworth um this time this time in motion rather than parked up um the one I have posted on my Instagram is a black one this was a whiny red 2.5 the one I saw was 2.3 um on shitty German plates but you know just to it around. um so it's good to see good to see it. uh a one ninety e Cozzy driving around, and apparently they're common as muck. Um, it's two in the space of like a month, I've seen them. Um, and then probably the most lovely thing I saw again, which I posted up on my on my stories. Um, a Saab nine three vegan. Uh, park that's like Ken Lawford Motors there in Harles Cross. Which I stumbled across on quite literally stumbled across on Friday evening. was out for a few fizzy drinks. Um, silver, well, they are 2.3 four cylinder turbo, I think, aren't they? Five speed manual. Um, vegan for for anyone who doesn't know their they Swedish, uh, translated Thunderbolt in English. Um, which gives you an, an idea of what the, the remit is of the vegan. Um, next morning, I was like, you know, I was like oh, that Saab 9.3 nine three Vigan I saw. So I was them at Google, you know, refresh my memory and the if nots and have nuts about the Saab 9.3 Vigan. I saw across an article from Evo from, I think it was 2007, titled, The 10 Worst Cars We've Tested um, in the History of the Magazine. Which is a bit harsh. Um, give it a give it yourself to see other cars around it. Um, but they criticised it, I think, for having chronic torque steer. Um but then another article I stumbled upon as well from the time was from Motor Trend, and they praised it for um for its crisp turn-in and uh, it's 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 subtle ride quality supple ride quality, and um, so two differing reviews from two very different publications from two different sides of the, well two different sides of the uh, of the the, uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Um, I'd imagine if like, as much as I respect Evo, um, I I'd imagine if they drove it again today they would say it is full of charm and character uh, and and that it rides uh, beautifully compared to modern cars, etc, etc. I also think as well, a lot of cars from that period and before um, would need reevaluating now on modern tires because modern tire technology has come on leaps and bounds even in the last decade. Um, Evo should do that or some sort of publication or successful YouTube channel should take cars that were somewhat um, criticised in period and um, but try them on the equivalent modern tyre and see what difference it makes um, to the quality of the product. Um, but yeah, that's all the stuff I kind of saw this week. If I'm thinking of... Did I see anything else? I'm sure I did, but I just can't think off the top of my head. Um, Car news. Um, The Renault 5 was launched, well, the embargo was lifted today. Um, Electric car, yeah, sure, whatever, but um, it does look good, there's no denying. Um, You know, clearly, obviously, the the title's in the name, it's a throwback to the original Renault 5, Um, but it looks good. Um, It's an EV, so it's the same as every other EV, really. Um, Again, like I'm not anti-EV, but there's just not much to talk about, it's got a motor, it'll have a range of They'll claim to be more than what it'll actually do. Um, it'll have a claimed charging rate, which it won't actually be able to do. And it'll depreciate like a stone. Um, and another one, another electric car um, launched by the same brand, well, the same family of brands, because uh, Renault on Dacia. The Dacia Spring is being launched in the UK and Ireland um, this year. Small four seat. Small battery, small motor electric car, the cheapest electric car. If you if you consider a, an Ami, not a car, um, on sale. I think I think, I think seventeen thousand pounds. I think it's going to be sold for. So about twenty five thousand euro. Too much money for a vehicle that's. I think they said with with the fastest charging, whatever it is that it can handle. It can go from 15 to 80 percent in 45 minutes so i don't know i can't st- i can't see the argument for buying one of those um if you really need an electric car why want to buy like a second-hand zoe for similar money um or just don't buy an electric car just buy a small engine small efficient car um but best of luck with that um that as the Ineos, well, I think it was leaked because I don't think it's been officially launched. But the In- Ineos' second uh, car, the Fusilier, and um, to, to continue their their naming of, of reg- is it regiments, I suppose of armies. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an all electric four um, before four before. So with the the Grenadier being a a uh, an unlicensed video game version of the Defender. Uh the fuselier is a unlicensed version of a G Wagon. Um whatever. Fucking Sir Radcliffe, Mr. Pro Brexit, who then builds his uh builds his cars in uh Graz in Austria, I believe. Um yeah, there you go. Uh in more positive news, as uh, Zagato are going to be making um well, rebodied coachwork um Alpine A one hundred tens. Um, and they're, they're kind of uh, it's an homage to the the Alpine A220, the the sports car from the seventies. Um, so the, the interesting thing about it is it's, it's going to come in two body styles. Um, it'll have a long tail, um, as the car did in period, the A220, and a short tail. Um, it's cool. It's a funky looking thing. I I think Cigarlo can often be hit and miss, and um, when it comes to de- their designs, but uh, this thing's pretty cool. Um, so if you haven't seen that, it'd be limited run and extre- extremely expensive. Um, but give it a Google if you haven't seen it. The, the Zagato A one hundred and ten. Lamborghini have been testing um, something that which might come to whatever is going to replace the Huracan. Um, something called an active wheel carrier um, on the rear axle of a of a of a Huracan mule, um, and basically what it would allow you to do is you'll be able to. Uh, adjust toe and camber um, on the fly which is interesting because you know you think the car industry has it all worked out and then they come along with stuff like that um, it's an, in- an interesting um, new piece of tech to come along from a Lamborghini um, so it'll be interesting to see it'll, it'll be nice to see someone test it to see what, it's, what how it works as I know obviously the new GT3 Three RS um, you can change a lot of stuff on the fly Um but it's more to do with kind of uh, uh, suspension, suspension stiffness and stuff. So we've to change like geometry uh, on the on the rear axle. Uh, would be interesting. Um, I wonder what they do the same similar things for front axles as well. But anyway, it's an interesting thing. I looked it up. They call it the active wheel carrier. Um. Yeah. Again, there's not much going on in the motoring world. Um, well, there's lots of stuff, but nothing you want to hear from me. Um. What other stuff was I going to talk about? Um. Midlife crisis cars. Um, I was wondering, I think it's a good discussion point, so if anyone wants to, to to message me, slide into my DMs about this one. Um, can car enthusiast, enthusiasts have a midlife crisis car? Or, or do the midlife crisis car thing? Um, this came into my mind because I was, I was listening to Johnny Smith. He was on some terrible podcast. Um, where people have been criticising him, because um, he just recently uh, bought that uh, nineteen hundred pound uh, Porsche Boxster, and um, the ghetto Boxster that he calls it, um, and people are saying it's thing because he's in his mid forties, mid to late forties, um, and they're saying that you know he's having his midlife crisis by buying a a, a Porsche, um, but I think anyone of any age, if they were offered a, a sub two grand Porsche Boxster, driving Porsche Boxster, they would they would buy it. But also, I was thinking, like, can, like, the whole midlife crisis sports car thing is kind of people who aren't into cars decide they need to buy that sports car they never bought and live vicariously, live their youth again. Whereas I think car people can just buy cars at any point in their life um, because you buy silly things when you're 20 and you probably continue buying silly things while you're still corpus mentis. Um. Now the other the other the juxtaposition, uh that's not the right word, but the, the flip side of the of that argument, um a friend of mine's father who's a who's a a car nut himself, did a bit of racing back in the day, um, who is a, a keen um Mercedes enthusiast, especially stuff from the eighties the and uh, early nineties. Like he has a plethora of W 124s and he has a, a lovely W one two six S class. Uh, amongst other things, um, he in his in his early sixties bought, um, which he couldn't have he couldn't have hit the stereotype hard on the head. He bought a red, or um, one two nine S class, um, but he sold it. He only had it for a few months and then sold it on, probably because he realised it looked like he was having a midlife. Well, midlife, yeah, on the sixties is quite mid. Um, midlife crisis, um, by buying a red sports car, but he's into old Mercs, so I think that's acceptable, and it's not really a midlife crisis, um, but, or is it? You know, did he really need a a red convertible in his sixties living in Ireland? Probably not, um, But let me know what you think about that. Um this will be a short one because you can as you can tell my enthusiasm is rife. Um but I feel like I, I need I need to I need to do this. I need to I need to create this terrible content. Um Model cars. They were talking about this on the on the Collection Cars podcast recently. Um and it was it was brought up by uh, Neil Clifford, um who's a legend, um who never really got into the whole model car thing. Um, which struck me um, as as a car enthusiast because I love model cars, I still do. Um, they were a big part of the formulation of my love of cars in my early years. Um, I did do the the kits. I, I built a few. Um, I loved putting the parts together. Never very good at painting the the, the, the shells. Um, I'm not an artist by any means, but I do. You know, I'm not. I'm definitely that whatever that left leaning side of my brain, like like. I can put together a good doodle, and I have painted some things um, which weren't terrible in my past. But painting model cars for some reason never never worked out for me. But um, even the, the you know pre-made just scale model cars, um, I've always loved. Um, and it's a strange one as well because like it's a lot of the stuff I bought would be just purely due to the aesthetic aesthetics of it. Um, I, I know the very first one to eighteen scale model I bought was a Dodge Viper GTS um simply just because of the way it looks um and I have I've a stack of them up in my up in my attic. Um and I always assume that every every car enthusiast started that way or at least you know it was definitely a large part of their youth. Um but I now believe that's not quite true. Um so let me know if you um like model cars or did collect model cars or if you just didn't get them at all, like Neil Clifford. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Gonna wrap this up. So it's gonna be very short. Um. What are we? Twenty minutes. Um. Yeah. Twenty minutes in. So. So I'll round up with my usual. Um. i I'll, I'll talk about F one after this. So once I finish doing my 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 weekly recommendations, um, if you don't want to listen to F one, you can just tune out, um. But if you want to hear some F1 chatter, you can stay listening. Um, so the YouTube channel I'm gonna recommend this week um is the B, B for Bravo, B the number one, B one M M for Mother. So the B one M. Um, so it's a YouTube channel that um talks about uh large scale engineering project projects. Um, it's quite interesting. They have a podcast as well. Um, well, I only got into it recently, but they've been going for a good few years. So there's a wealth of uh, of videos to get through. And um, so if you're into, a, if you're a car, a car person, you're probably into engineering as well. So um, yeah, it's well worth a look. Just good, you know. They range from about ten minutes, and then they've some that go on for over an hour. Um, check it out. If you're into if you're into large scale engineering, some of the stuff's incredible. Um, so check that out. Um, music. I'm not going to pick a, a specific song. I'm just going to tell you to. Remind yourself of how good Pearl Jam are. Uh, and just go through the program, Pearl Jam discography. I bring them up because um, they're playing Marley Park in the summer. And I got myself a ticket. Um, well, I say I got my ticket. A friend of mine got the pre-sale code and bought tickets. And I put my name down for one of those tickets. Myself I, I put my name down, I paid them the money. Um, so yeah, going to Pro Jam in the summer. So just check out Pearl Jam. Um, although I was, recommend a movie as well. Because um, obviously it's it's award season. And there's lots of great movies that... Are nominated and are winning awards, but one movie that has been overlooked and um, which I, I saw the not weekend gone, weekend before, um, The Iron Claw, which is a true story about a, a family of uh, wrestlers uh, essentially in America um, with a very tragic story. Um, the lead is um, Zach Efron. And he puts an absolutely incredible performance in. Um, but the movie and the actors and everything have been completely overlooked for uh, for any awards. Um, I do think the the studios do have to put the movies forward for awards. Um, and I think they're also limited to the amount that they can put forward. And A24, I think, did A24 make... Anyway, A24 did a few movies this year and I think they put some of their other ones forward. Ahead of the Iron Claw, but it's a, it's a very good film. I'd recommend checking it out. Um Your Man's In Whose Name I forget, uh the lead guy from The Bear, um, amongst others. Um it's it's a very good movie. It's it's sad, um, does have a happy um, happy ending, but happy-ish ending anyway. Um but it's a true story and um yeah, beautifully shot, beautifully shot, beautiful uh, beautifully acted. Let's check that out. And then my classified final of the week, um there is a Saab 9000 ICC. Um which is up for six thousand six hundred and fifty euro, which is expensive but also not outrageous for old, an old interesting interesting car these days and um, which appears to be in fantastic condition um, with eighty eight thousand kilometers oh, sorry, eighty eight thousand miles on it. Um it's also a car I've seen before. Um I think I posted it up on my Instagram and um, I saw it parked up um on Hatch no, Hume Street, um in town. Um, and yeah it's the same one that I saw it's never for sale so check that out it's again it's the only Saab 9000 up on done deal at the moment so check that out so if you don't want to listen to F1 you can tune out now Um, and if you are tuning out then uh, thanks for listening I love you as always Um, but if you are into F1 continue listening so the preseason testing is over Um, and well hmm It looks like, not only is, you know, as expected, Red Bull are going to be the competitive force again, but they came out in winter testing with a very radically different uh, car design. Um, They essentially have gone for the zero-pod look, um, not quite in the same style as Mercedes did at the beginning of the cycle of regulations, which they backed away from last year, Um, but this Red Bull has no side pods in the traditional sense. It has a little, little skinny vertical inlet, similar to something that Ferrari were running last year and again this year. But Ferrari still have a, you know a side pod opening above it, and whereas this Red Bull doesn't, but then it has these big intakes that are just above and behind the driver's head, kind of behind the halo to go around the back um, yeah but the scary thing about them going on this uh, radical design shift um, they still seem to be light years ahead um, and the murmurs from the teams they seem to believe not only are they ahead but they seem to have taken a step forward as well um, so yeah it's seen we'll, we won't know until the race this weekend uh, exactly where everyone lies because testing you know you don't know anything for sure because you just don't know what people's engine modes are. Or, or what fuel load they're running really. Um, but yeah. It's looking quite ominous. <clears throat> that Red Bull and Max are going to. Are going to have a very strong season again. Um, and they're also talking about bringing a massive upgrade. Um, as early as Japan. Which is the fourth race this season. Because they've moved Japan further up. Um, so it's in the spring rather than. Monsoon season. Um, yeah. So we should, we just should see now, the thing is as well murmurs um, again we can't we can't know for sure but murmurs from the paddock as well as that when you crunch the numbers and go like for like it seems like Perez is like 0.6 of a second behind Max and um, in pace from what from what we've seen from testing which if they are going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the grid. It'd be nice if they had a second driver that could at least challenge Max. Um, and you know, Sergio had a very questionable season last year, and um, but they're giving him another go. You have to think if if he's really gonna flounder it again this year, maybe he'll make it to mid-season before there's a change, but it's who who do they change him with? Um maybe Danny Rick will finally show his talent of old in this new and improved uh Visa Cash App or B, or whatever the fuck it's called, which I'll get onto in a moment. Um, maybe Yuki they could give him a go. Um, like Albon has been rumoured to sign a pre-agreement with Red Bull for I think twenty six, maybe. Maybe they'll bring that forward and stick him in. Um, but who knows? Um, the the elephant in the room with Red Bull, which might be the, might be the only thing that has any kind of. Disturbance in their season this year is uh, the whole Christian Horner investigation is still unresolved, um, but you have to assume there be you know something will happen soon. And you well know, if he does get turfed out, will it upset the apple cart enough to change their season? Possibly not. Will this radical design, the Asian Nui and his team are going for with the car, will that cause problems? Probably not. But again, we'll see we'll see um the ferrari the ferrari look good to be honest in testing and again it looks like they've taken a step forward um it seems like they might have sacrificed a little bit of their one lap pace which was their one of their strengths last year they qualified pretty well and um, but then kind of dropped back in races but it seems like they've sacrificed a little bit of the one lap pace for a better race car Um, and it looked like it looked like a consistent car and definitely a good base for them to work on throughout the season so they probably appear to be the closest rivals to Red Bull... But again... A bit behind them at this point... But again... We shall see... Come the first race... Um, it would be nice to see Science have a good season with them Before he, he gets... Moved aside for Lewis Hamilton in 25... Um, And it would be nice for Charles to finally get a bit of the success he deserves... But... Um, again... The Red Bull factor might be the one massive thing standing in their way... Um... Third fastest, hmm, it's probably, hmm, it's hard to tell exactly who's third, um, I'm gonna say it's Aston, it's Aston Martin or McLaren, um, McLaren looked like it didn't work its tyres great, it looked like it had pretty poor degradation on its long runs, um, a quick car, um but there are question marks there and um, body language from like Norris and Piastri um you know they never said anything particularly negative but you kind of got the feeling like it's not all they're expecting um and they have work to do um the Aston the Aston looked like a like a decent car um again a a um, a consistent car but not lightning quick um but again, we shall see. Um, Alonso seemed pretty positive. Stroll gives a shit about what Stroll thinks. Um, yeah, if if they can... They were kind of... Yeah, what's the word? They were... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They... They looked better than they were at the beginning of last season because those around them had a slow start and they petered off then mid-season. But then they ended up at the end of the season about the fourth quickest car they finished fifth in the championship but they finished it's probably the fourth quickest car <coughs> sorry excuse me and um, i think that's where they're starting from this year um as the fourth 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 fastest in and around mclaren the mclaren car might ultimately be quicker um but the, the aston might be the more consistent car so in qualifying mclaren might have the edge at first but over a race distance maybe the aston's the better car mercedes they've done a lot of changes to the to the car concept and um, their front wing is an interesting interpretation of the regulations um but fully legal um but again hard to read exactly where they were um it didn't look like a bad car um just didn't seem alarmingly quick um but again maybe they have a good base to work on um but again i, I think they're they're probably still behind mclaren and Aston, which will for the team that finished second in the constructors championship last year, um, even though they would they would claim that they had a bad season. Um yeah, th- from the looks of it there they're probably Aston, McLaren and Mercedes are probably vying for that third spot. Um which one of them is ahead? As I said it's probably McLaren at the moment. Mercedes over the whole entire season might be the ones that come out on top of that group. Um, but again, we shall see. Early doors, and um, then the next kind of group of cars. Um, well, actually, the, f- the fourth quickest, if you base it on times um, over the over the um, the pre season testing, is, is the Visa Cash App or Red B or B, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, now, the team and the drivers are are kind of playing that down. Um, you know, they were kind of maybe they you know they were going for some glory runs, and other teams around them were were, were holding back a little bit. But it does seem like a quick car. Um, everyone ex- was expecting it, was expecting it to be a carbon copy of last year's Red Bull, um, but it's not. Um, they have done their own. They've borrowed a, a lot of the technical uh, aspects, the gearbox suspension and stuff. Um, but the aerodynamic design is is very much their own. So um, it seems like a decent car. It seems like they've taken a, a step from last year. Um, and again, a good base to work from. Um, so they could be the surprise of the season. It could be the the Visa Cash whatever the fuck it's called, or B thing. Um definitely taking a step forward. Um so they could be they could be at the front of this of the kind of mid pack. Um then who've got after that? Um Sauber, um again not well, they, Joe Joe did a glory run on the last day. I think he finished third overall on the third day on the third day of testing. Um, but again looks like a better car than last year. Um, with with a good base to work on, um, they, they might have taken a small step forward. They might be ahead of Williams now, um, because Williams Williams have gone for a, a much a heavily rev, revised car, which was kind of late coming, late late to be finished, and then some of the parts didn't come in until mid way through testing, and they had a bit of a, a slow first day. Didn't do many laps, and um, so they seem like they're a little bit behind, um, on their on their on their run plan. So Sauber might have a have a, a better start, um, but you have to feel like the, the Williams of Undervals and with Alex Albon, um, they'll, they'll 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 work hard and they'll they'll move forward. Um, but yeah, it seems quite tight between Williams and Sauber anyway. Um, so, you know, two teams. Well, Williams took a leap forward last year and Sauber kind of fell backwards, but we have kind of moved forward and Williams are there or thereabouts. So, that's probably them. Then behind them, I feel like I'm missing a... D- oh, yeah. So I'll get someone there in a moment. Let's um, see so I don't have done. There's 10 teams. So, I've done Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston, Sauber, Williams. Oh, B, be Orby. Yeah. So... Has again the Has Has have been working on the, the problems that they had um, last year, and um, which was that <clears throat> it was a quick enough car in qualifying, but then absolutely monstered through its tyres pretty quickly. So they've they've been focusing mostly on being able to work on their tyre deck. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't appear to be a massively faster car, but at least a better race car. So if they can qualify, you know, Q two appearances, maybe even the odd Q three and then capitalize on on qualifying in a race they might take a step forward um they might still be last but the elephant in the room is um, from rumors around the paddock is the car that's possibly slowest on the grid from testing is the alpine which i've said this before like i i don't understand what Renault's run plan is um since they um, came back into the sport in 2021, was it? 2020, 2021, when they took over from Lotus again and became the Works Renault team and now yeah, it's been rebranded as Alpine, which is just a sub-brand of Renault. Um, but they just never seem to progress. I, I just don't understand. Like This is a Works team, a Works manufacturer team. And not only have they stagnated, they seem to be going backwards. Um, so if they, if they... Start the season behind Haas. God, there'll be a lot of questions raised. Um, but anyway, that's you know, it's not a whole lot I said to be gleaned. Well, there is plenty to be gleaned from winter testing, but we don't know anything for a hundred percent for sure. Red Bull are going to dominate. Ferrari seem like they're the second team. The mix of Aston, Mercedes, and McLaren just behind them. Um, then Visa Cash App might be the front runners of the of the mid pack. With Williams and Sauber fighting just behind them uh, and then Haas uh, just a, a nib ahead of Alpine um, that's the way I'm seeing it so far um, but we shall see, it's race week and the race is on on Saturday uh, if you weren't aware, Saturday at 3pm our time I think um, Saturday because uh, this is the first race in Bahrain and then they go to Saudi Arabia and I think something to do at Ramadan I think they have to go for 7 days between or something Sundays aside excuse me for my ignorance. I'm, I'm not sure exactly why. But anyway, both this race and the race in Jeddah are both on Saturdays. i mean qualifying is on, on Friday and practice will be on Thursday. So the season starts proper on Thursday with free practice. Um and we shall see so I'll reconvene um afterwards. Afterwards I'll probably do I'll try and do a podcast on Monday um after the race. I might then, as I said, leaving the F1 chat to the end of this one, I might do separate podcasts just on Formula One and then other podcasts for car chat, which all of which I promise you will be better than this one. This one was dreadful um, because I've been trying to do it for the last few days and just not had the time or motivation. And I know it sounds like that again with this, but I had to finally record it. So I have. Um, nearly 40 minutes Um, so shorter than most of my rambles normally but still long and shit and terrible but if you have made it this far again thanks for listening I love you as always um, and until the next one be safe be well and talk to you again soon bye